Hello and welcome to this vidcast, which is devoted to a star of Chinese e-commerce, Pinduoduo. The company recently announced altogether very good news about its profitability and a quite original way to distribute its profit. I'm going to first focus on how the profit was built and generated, and then I will discuss with you the potential motivations of this very original distribution process. The announcement first. August 24, 2021, Pinduoduo posts positive Q2 results. The company is profitable and in the meantime unveils what they named the 10 billion agriculture initiative. As you know, agriculture is absolutely fundamental in a country which is as populated as China. Now, in the content first, the good news about the profit is that for the first time in the life of the company, the EBIT, the operating income, is positive by 2 billion renminbis, which represents about 230 million US dollars. But the second part of the announcement about 10 billion renminbis now, it's an endowment, an endowment to promote the development of agriculture so strategic for China and associated human capital. And Pinduoduo says that they are going to invest not only the Q2 profits, the 2 billion renminbis, but all the profits to come. Such announcement needs some approval from the shareholders because it's absolutely strategic and it's about their wealth. This is why the company is going to organize an extraordinary general meeting, September 29. 96.8% of the voting rights are going to be represented in this meeting. So almost all shareholders of 94.3%. So, a plebiscite in terms of shareholders' approval. Consequence on the stock market, the stock price of Pinduoduo is going to very positively react, moving from $81 per share to $99. These are not shares, these are American depository shares, and each and every ADS represents four ordinary shares of Pinduoduo, but the result is the same. After August 24, the 99 is going to drop a little bit, then go up to 107. And today, when I record this vidcast, the stock price of the ADS is $93. What about Pinduoduo? The company is quite new. It was founded only in 2015 and very much focusing on promoting and selling Chinese agriculture products. At the very beginning, the company was selling products, merchandise, and very quickly it moved from selling goods to marketplace, e-commerce, and it happened as early as in the first quarter of 2017. Interestingly, quite recently, at the end of 2020, the company went back to merchandise sale, which, as we'll see a little bit later, has a huge impact on the gross profit margin. As a consequence of its success, there will be an exceptional growth and 2020 revenues represent $9 billion, out of which only $4.2 billion for the last quarter, and the gross merchandise value which represents the sum of transactions is $270 billion in a few years. That's absolutely outstanding. 
The company went public. IPO took place in 2018 on the NASDAQ. The stock price, which was offered to shareholders and investors, was $19 per share. And you remember what I just told you, it's $93 per share today, a capitalization of $117 billion. Now, if you compare Pinduoduo with other e-commerce sites in China, of course, everybody has in mind Alibaba. The revenues of Alibaba are $123 billion, which is much more than $9 billion. But Alibaba is selling goods. It's not only an e-commerce platform. They are selling goods on the platform. If you compare Alibaba and Pinduoduo on the gross merchandise value, which much more represents the volume and transaction and the impact on e-commerce, it's 1.2 trillion for Alibaba. It's 270 billion for Pinduoduo. Then you understand that Pinduoduo is about 20-25% of Alibaba. If you compare with JD.com, interestingly, the revenues of JD.com are quite the same as Alibaba, and their gross merchandise value is about one third of Alibaba. Now, if you look at the operating income, Alibaba is a profitable company in terms of return on sales with an operating income which is significantly more than 10% of revenues. JD.com, it's much less in terms of commercial profitability, it's about 1%. And Pinduoduo generated losses. The last quarter is positive in terms of EBIT, but the rest of the story is about operating losses. Now, when you compare these three companies on their market capitalization, you remember stock price multiplied by the number of shares outstanding. The largest company on the market is Alibaba with $468 billion of market value of equity. And interestingly, even though JD.com is a bit bigger than Pinduoduo and significantly more profitable, the JD.com and Pinduoduo market caps are quite the same, around $120 billion. Now, Pinduoduo is a marketplace, but you remember that originally there was a social purpose, which was we have to promote agriculture in China. Number three in terms of transaction volume, as I said, behind Alibaba and JD.com, revenues represent about 3% of the gross merchandise value. But the company describes itself as we are a combination of Costco and Disney. Interactive and fun. Well, they are probably a little bit more Costco than Disney, but it's about wholesale, it's about big volumes so that people can profit from savings economies of scale. Now, promoting and supporting agriculture in China is one part of the story, but helping the customer, how do you achieve that? In fact, the company organized, designed, and very much promoted group purchases for customers. If you make your purchase by yourself, you are going to organize a transaction between the producer and yourself. If your group purchases, there will be different customers buying products and then the farmer is going to be able to generate economies of scale. As a consequence of that, the price will be lower for the customer, even though on a supply chain point of view, there will be an individualized delivery. So you group your purchases with other people you never met in your life. But the good news is that you are going to receive what you ordered together with other people. 
individualized. And this is why it's a bit Costco. Pin duo duo means pin together, duo more, and duo more. So Costco is we make the purchase together, we generate savings, and Disney is more fun, which is probably tier two against tier one, which is Costco and wholesale. Now, the consequence of this successful marketing approach is skyrocketing revenues. Now, if you try to observe the evolution of the quarterly revenues from 2017 to the first half of 2021, it's an outstanding evolution, exponential growth in the revenues. Today, revenues are predominantly advertising and transaction fees, 90% of the revenues. But you understand that on a commercial point of view, it's a success. On a stock price point of view, it's also quite successful, but a little bit mitigated during the last quarters. The company was listed at, you remember, $90. During one year, it stayed between 20 and 30. Then it went up to 40. And it only started skyrocketing at the beginning of 2020, moving in one year from 40 to $180 per American depository shares. Then it went down and stabilized to the level which I already mentioned, about 90, 100 US dollars per ADS. So a fantastic increase and some disappointment over the last year. If you make a benchmark between Pinduoduo and Nasdaq, you have roughly the same story. At the very beginning, they are quite correlated. Then Pinduoduo is up then Pinduoduo is very much up and quite disappointing, as opposed to a NASDAQ, which is still flourishing. Now that was about stock price and business model. Let's have a look at the profit, because now it's a very important part of this last communication. The profit was strongly negative and quite volatile in the early days, which is absolutely normal. Then it started to stabilize even negative, and there is a trend. The EBIT is moving up and up and up. If you look at the last quarters, it was a little bit stabilized, except this last quarter, Q2 2021, when the operating income, the earnings before interest and taxes, starts being positive as a percentage to sales and in absolute terms. Now, the question is, how did they achieve this increase in the profitability? If you consider a traditional PL, it starts with revenues less cost of revenues, sales minus cost of sales, which gives you the gross margin or the gross profit. Then you deduct indirect operating expenses, general and admin, research and development, sales and marketing. Let's have a look at these four items and start with the gross margin. The gross margin in the early days was negative. Then traditional gross margin for a company in e-commerce, about fees, and their gross margin is about 75 to 80% to revenues. That's quite normal for a company because they are not selling merchandise, they are selling a service. Then when they start selling products again, the gross margin is down. That's quite natural. You cannot make a 75 gross margin selling goods selling service, that might be the case. So what we observe is a stable growth margin rate, which is down the last three quarters, starting in Q2 2020, when the company starts selling products again. 
A very traditional operating expense is general and admin. And you anticipate that the company is going to start at a reasonably high level because you have to organize the company. And then progressively, even though general and admin expenses are up as a percentage to sales, they are down. It is about economies of scale. And this is what you can observe for Pinduoduo, except two years in the past, because the general and admin costs were very much incremented by massive distribution of stocks and stock options. This is a stock-based compensation, which is taken into account in a P&Ls and expense. Nothing special. About research and development. Well, basically, you have to invest a lot in the development of software, innovation, tech, and so on and so forth. This is why, quite traditionally, the company's research and development to sales figure is up. So the sales are up, but research and development expenses are growing at a higher rate than sales. And then, even though the company is investing more in absolute terms in research and development, during the last quarters, you start observing some kind of economies of scale on research, innovation, technology and development. But what is very interesting is to observe the marketing expenses. Because sales and marketing costs always in the past exceeded the gross margin. So gross margin does not even pay for sales and marketing. This is why obviously the EBIT is going to be negative. But if you observe what happened during the last quarters of the company, the marketing expenses are down, not only relative to sales, but also in absolute terms. And there's a dramatic drop during the last quarter. In fact, if you compare Q1 and Q2 2021, the marketing expenses went down from $2.4 billion to $1.7 billion. It's a drop in $0.7 billion. And you remember that the EBIT, which is announced for the second quarter 2021, is $0.3 billion. Then imagine one second that the marketing and sales expenses had been stable from Q1 to Q2 at $2.4 billion then the company would not have announced a profit of 0.3, but a loss of 0.4 billion. That leads me to a provocative hypothesis. We observed a significant reduction in marketing and sales. This is an investment, this is an expense, and this is quite a discretionary expense. So the interpretation might be that the company significantly reduced its cost simply to generate a profit and with the profit generated by the company, they had the opportunity to highlight the social purpose of the firm, which is to promote agriculture. Now a few comments. What about the dividend? The dividend will wait, and the dividend will wait quite a long time. You can start paying a dividend once your accumulated retained earnings turn positive. If you look at the balance sheet of the company, so far the accumulated losses represent 26 billion renminbi. So during the last quarter, the company made a 2 billion operating profit. Then you understand that if you distribute 10 billion in order to promote agriculture, it will take quite some time to start returning cash to shareholders. But it seems that shareholders do not care about that. 
because you remember 96% represented in the meeting, 94% majority to approve. There was a shareholder plebiscite and that's absolutely obvious. So it seems that the shareholders, they want to get back to the roots, which is the social role of the company as it was declared at the very beginning in 2015. Now, if you look at what it represents, 10 billion renminbis, $1.6 billion. The value of the company stock market is about 117. So 1.6 is 1.3% of market capitalization which in the end is not that much, especially if you compare that with the evolution of the stock price from 20 to 90. Of course, you can argue that there is a positive market reaction to this announcement, but it should be mitigated if you consider that the shareholders portfolio is quite concentrated in a few hands. It's not exactly the same as if the shareholders portfolio was distributed among a very huge variety of institutional investors. You know that Pinduoduo in China is in a very specific political context and the company has to make announcements for the country. So is the company back to its initial social purpose or is it simply a matter of communication and management? As far as communication is concerned, by the way, a few days after the announcement made by Pinduoduo, Alibaba announced, beginning of September, that the company was going to invest not 10 billion, but 100 billion renminbis to promote common prosperity. That's about the same context, but Alibaba has really to prove that they are good for the nation. Reaction of the stock market from 170 to 170. Absolutely no reaction of stock market to this announcement. Then it was beginning of September. What happened in September on the stock market? Nasdaq went sharply down. Alibaba as well. What happened in October? Nasdaq went sharply up. Alibaba as well. And today it's $170 for Alibaba. Is it really difficult to interpret this communication? Thank you very much.